Quick question, okay? We're back here on Capital Sports here at Moscow Capital FM with Andy Mack. Alex B is on the line waiting for us. What did he mean, the Kings of Leon? Sex is on fire. Um, probably one too many windmills. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Let's leave the supermassive plastic black hole out of this one. Right. Okay, we're going to go over to Ontario, or Ontario even. Uh, Alex B, can you hear us loud and clear over there? Howdy. Yes, they can. Ah, that's great stuff altogether. Listen, um, have you ever done a windmill? I can't say I have. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Wait, what, what, what is that? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Better not ask. Better not ask. Okay. Listen, Alex, uh, <coughs> excuse me. We're getting too jolly in here. Um, as I said, Andy, Max, Magic Fingers are, are making us all happy tonight. Right. Um, Alex, listen, that Super Bowl last week, it was a bit of a cracker. How did it end up? And what did you think of the halftime show? Uh, well, the Chiefs did pull off a, a big win. And I, I was one of the people who said that the Chiefs were going to win. So I was pretty happy with the result. But um, uh, the halftime show actually became the biggest halftime show in NFL history. It Are you serious? got like 115 million views. Yeah, no way. million views in like a week, six days on YouTube. Listen, Alex, oh, but surely that can't count if it's retrospective on YouTube. Surely it's only live viewers, no? Yeah, that's like if... if, if no, Alex... live, view, live viewers, it was the biggest one, I'm pretty sure. Okay, well, I mean, I, I know the viewing figures were very, very high for this Super Bowl, but, I mean, you, you get a couple of million viewers if Alex B is in the windmill. <laughs> At least. So that counts. Am I right, Alex? Always get viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Always be closing, baby. Always close. Okay, um, as we because we, we we did tip, we did tip the Chiefs to win. We did say that in in terms of points, it'd be over fifty three and a half, but it was slightly under uh, in terms of points total. But the Chiefs did win. You backed them. Craig Klein backed them. We backed them through, so it was very very good. Um, it, anything anything interesting with the the halftime adverts? Because I I saw a few of them, but nothing really caught my eye. And I didn't see that Mr. McNeil with his dog. Oh, what's that? What's that? Listen, remember we were going to go over and have this like old man call us da- that we would call him Daddy. Remember? Yeah, but that's like every alternate week something like that happens. Okay, <laughs> what do we call an old man Daddy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, he's going to pay us a million dollars for it, but anyway. Um, so, anything interesting with the with the halftime ads? Oh, Any- that guy, that guy. Yeah. yeah, with his dog who was dying and so on and so forth, and and he um, kind of like for the University of Wisconsin. His dog's fine. His dog's fine. It's all. It's all good. Yeah, it's it's all a good a good ending for everyone. <laughs> okay, especially for the dog. Except for, except for the man bank account. Yeah, <laughs> because I did hear, um, of course, they were saying about how um, that, uh, I, I mean, I know a lot of people watch the Shakira and J-Lo and said, like, even though they're, like, fairly old and, like, these two, like, you know, more mature ladies, yeah. they, they did well. You know, they, they did quite well. Did you enjoy the show? 
I didn't see it, but what? Uh, yeah, I, I told you, I was I was studying. I wasn't. I didn't have time for no. So, no, actually, I do believe you're studying. I do believe you're studying. I do. I do. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it either. To be fair. I, I I woke up, I told you, at halftime I switched on to watch it, right? Because I wasn't going to stay up the whole time because like a lot of nonsense. I turned it on at halftime and the two of them were gyrating on the stage. And I thought, like, this is like, this isn't a dream I want to really have. It's just a 10-minute pre- 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 uh, like preview, preview. No, it was a full, like, no, <laughs> no it wasn't. No, no, I mean, I mean if, if, if they had that halftime show in, like, 2006, it would have been a, it would have been a hit. Yeah. That I agree with. There you go. Alex, Alex, you've nailed it, okay? Because I'm, I'm looking and thinking like this is just like it was, it was, it was nonsense. Because like I mean, okay, grand, they, the good singers, good movers, and so on and so forth. But I don't know. I still, it's not for me. I'd rather have either I don't know, not you. I'd rather have you two or like a rock band. I, I, I don't know. It. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm, I'm just saying. I'd rather have something like more hardcore. You know? Who did yeah. the halftime show 2006? Yeah. Alex B. Alex B, question from, from Andy Mack. Who did the halftime show in 2006? Uh, Do you want us to help? Give you a hint? Andy, give me a hint. Um, it was a band. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God, no. That would be about 20 years before. No, but that would be 1996, maybe. Okay, who, who did it, Andy? The Rolling Stones. No way. There you see, there you go. Rolling Stones. This, that, I want to see them. I don't want to see two women lip syncing. Like, I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night, like 4 a.m. in the morning, and well, send. Apparently, which lips? I think that's what the people want to see now. So. I, I know, but we are the people, Alex. We should fight for that place. Listen, just we let are you. The people. Exactly. We are the Stop world. saying that. <laughs> so, basically, there were 77 uh, adverts that were being sold, and they sold out in record time in 50 minutes, right? In 50 minutes from, of adverts. They raised $382 million, okay? That was last year, okay? This year, it was even better. For 30-second slots, $5.6 million. So multiply that out. So Andy's going to check out how much that is. So 77 slots times $5.6 million. How much that work out? That's a lot of money. Listen, Alex, while Andy is uh, working his magic fingers on the calculator, um, there's some trades in the NBA, correct? There are some trades in the NBA. Before we get into those, uh, you said you they they raised money for, where is this money going oh no i well, mean we yeah. won't see any of it no we're, no we're just not going to pay our paychecks <laughs> but um we're, we're not that cheap um it was and it was 431 million yeah no sorry when i say raise i i, I you're taking me alex thank you for taking me literally somebody pocketed it yeah i mean it basically they made they made money oh, so it's, no, oh, it's profits yeah, yeah it's of no, course we're, we're not yeah yeah, no, good, good God, I mean, no way, like, you know, no, no, no way in the world. Uh, it was funny, Tom Brady was on as well for Hulu, and it was kind of funny, like, because they were saying, like, oh, it's going to be good, so he, he's like, um, he'll be involved in um, the, the Super Bowl no matter what. So then Tom Brady's there with his, like, beautiful face and chin, and he's, like, doing his, like, uh, I don't know, it was, it was insane. There was, like, also movie things as well. Okay, um, Alex B, uh, NBA trades, what's going on, and uh, any surprises? NBA trades, it's been quite, there has been quite a few trades, but it's been underwhelming, if anything, because uh, we've had Andre Guadalla go to the Heat. The Heat are going to get a bit better. Andre Guadalla, he was uh, MVP in the finals in 2018, yeah. coming off the bench. So the Heat are going to get, 
they might get slightly better with Andre Iguodala. He hasn't played this whole season so far. And um, we also have D'Angelo Russell, who went to the Minnesota from Golden State, and Andrew Wiggins went to Golden State, uh, which is, again, both parties kind of uh, lost the trade here because Andrew Wiggins has played there. Oh. So well, D'Angelo Russell, so the Warriors lost here? Yes. Yeah. So it, the Timber, yeah, the Timberwolves got a good point guard for the center. So that's kind of been the two biggest trades. Okay. Um, if you're looking at it, do you think that uh, I mean I'm, I've seen that Toronto now are in second place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they're six and a half games back off Milwaukee, so they're they're setting up well. They're ahead of Boston, which is the most important thing for you. Um, and I'm looking like the, the Cavaliers now are bottom of the pile. They're bottom of the pile. Do you see? Like I mean. Uh, do you think you said that, that this is a case, like the, the Warriors as well, that these are two teams that are deliberately losing matches in order to get a better pick next year in the in the draft? Uh, well, some teams do that. I don't think that the Warriors or Cleveland are trying to do that, actually. They're trying to win games. Uh, they have... Uh, Cleveland actually traded for... Uh, or? Uh, on, uh, I forgot his name. Uh, Andre Drummond, who okay. is, uh, who's an all-star center. So now they're going to have Kevin Love and Andre Drummond on the same team, but it was more of a salary thing. So uh, okay. the team's kind of lost here because Cleveland Cleveland can't really get much better. And even if it does, it's not really going to make sense for them. But um, Detroit was already a pretty good team, so they just lost a star in this trade. Um, so I just want like run, run through like this like I'm looking some of the games coming up like say say today uh, you know there's teams like you know Cleveland are playing at home against LA against the Clippers as far as I know well it would actually well three thirty in the morning I should say um, and tickets there are starting at eight dollars okay so eight dollars for tickets tomorrow uh, Minnesota are playing in Toronto and the lowest tickets are fifty two dollars. Um, do you think it's a, it's it's just a case that like I mean if you know, like like you know, I'm I'm trying to figure out like I mean with pricing do you think it's that, that is it I know that teams are doing well so fans are going to them but is eight dollars normal because I see other tickets here like for like Detroit Pistons they have tickets on sale for five dollars Alex is that is that normal in NBA? Uh, well, the way they regulate prices is that they try to evaluate how much fans are actually willing to pay to watch uh, to watch the match. So, yeah. of course, when there's like LeBron, when there's like superstars, of course, everybody's willing to pay like hundreds of dollars to watch them. But now, when there's like a, a Cleveland lineup, is like Cleveland could be very well played in like Europe, and it would still not be the best team. So right now, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, so there's definitely like not, not a lot of people want to see those games, especially like the, with they're not being nationally televised as well, because that also it's actually like the superstars that make those yeah games nationally televised, and so of course Cleveland with Kevin Love and Andre Drummond, I don't know if they're gonna have if their ticket sales are gonna rise at least this season. 
Okay. Listen, I want to. I want to ask you about. Um, I don't know if you were watching the uh, UFC fights. Uh, well, earlier on this morning, well, this morning, uh, Moscow time. Um, John Jones made uh, history. Yeah, made history not just by coming back three times from drug suspensions, um, because of course he was done three times and suspended. I mean, well, that's you know you're sad for you, but I mean he he came back and made history and he won last night. He won the the uh, his second UFC, um, well second time as UFC light heavyweight champion, beat, beating Dominic Reyes. Um, was that a surprise for for people over in North America? Uh, no, many people said that Dominic Reyes actually got robbed because of who John Jones is and just his name. Really? The fight won five rounds. It wasn't very... Um, there wasn't the... Yeah? But John Jones win here, so it was, it was kind of disappointing from John Jones. Because but there was also uh, Valentina Shevchenko, who's... Uh, she's not from Russia, but she's from, like... I'm sorry, I don't know the name of her country. Is it, is it, it's like one of those Russian-speaking countries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you mean Brighton Beach in New York? I don't want to have another. I don't want to have another Wales incident. I need somebody to. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, so many. No, listen. But she won again yesterday. She was like the champion of the flyweight category, and she's been she's had three consecutive title defenses, more than Khabib. She she's from Kyrgyzstan or something, is she? Yeah, Kyrgyzstan, exactly. There you go. Kyrgy- I apologize to all, the, all our Kyrgyzstani fans. Actually, we do have quite a few Kyr- Kyrgyz listeners here. But anyway, um, yeah, because she, she, yeah, yeah. she, she's, um, um, she's based over in America. But what I found out like, not too long ago, she's actually Peruvian. Yeah, she's Peruvian. She has like... Yeah, Peru- she's definitely a weird mix of people. She, but she, <laughs> she, she speaks... She, she speaks in Russian in interviews, so I just I just root for her. Okay, well that's fair. Yeah, well you know that is fair enough. Listen, with John Jones, I mean, I've, I've been reading that it was his his win was controversial because um, there was now maybe now Alice, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but most of the uh, ringside people uh, voted not. They 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 had what you got. They scored it uh, for his opponent. They scored it for Dominic Reyes. They said that he'd won. Either I think it was either. Of twenty, it was like fifteen out of twenty, or fourteen, or or thirteen out of twenty uh, reporters said Ray's won it. Well, am I am I correct in that? Uh, yeah, a lot of people definitely thought that uh, Ray's won that fight, but at the same time, John Jones is a guy who's fought champions. He's fought like Chael Sonnen back in the day. He's fought Daniel Cormier. Cormier, yeah, yeah, trying to. Get John Jones to have that one big fight. I'm pretty sure. So right now they don't uh, want to stop his momentum, no matter what it is. They actually did this in the first fight with Alexander Gustafson when John Jones, he was also one of these like rising stars, and they just uh, out, it was a again it was one of those fights where there wasn't really a clear winner, but they gave John Jones the victory nevertheless. So right now they should try to either get a rematch with Reyes or try to finally have that big fight for John Jones. Okay, I mean, looking at him, he has, he has a very dodgy past, not just with all the, the failed drug tests. Like some were, were, one was for cocaine. So, okay, recreation, drug, and so on, or drug, whatever, but it was in his system. He also had one last year um, where he had uh, attacked, sexually assaulted uh, um, a waitress, I think it was. Um, and, I mean, he, he, he kind of like, he had to, he was put on probation, uh, he had to pay court fees and so on and so forth, and he wasn't allowed to, to, to do drugs. What he did since. Do you think this is a guy that the UFC really wants to be yeah. as the face of their sport, Alex? 
Oh, yeah. Also, he had, a few years ago, he had a hit run. And, oh. Which was, like, the main uh, point of contention between him and Daniel Cormier. Because Daniel Cormier was, like, he was always like, this very by-the-book guy. He played by the rules. And John Jones was out here just doing cocaine and getting hit and runs. He was kind of doing what Antonio Brown is doing now, but, like, more more crazy. <laughs> uh, oh, 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 speaking of which, did you hear uh, one of the... Uh, so, the... Two YouTubers that fought a couple of months ago. Oh, yeah. So the, one of their... Uh, so Logan Paul, his younger brother, is actually going to fight Antonio Brown, which was the worst news in sports I've heard in the past. Antonio Brown, the American footballer who's we've covered before, you've covered before for us here. He's going to box? He's going to box a YouTuber. A man. Because he's more inclined to box women. Like, like he wouldn't be... No, seriously, he's... he's oh, Jesus. Okay. Listen, Alex, thank you very much for that. We're, right. going to let, we're going to let you go, and I know you're, you're still prepping. Your exams are still going on, correct? Oh, no, no. So, you're finished? Yeah, no. Right. It's well, well, then, listen, you chill out. We're going to play this next song for you, because you have a bit of a dance as you can... We'll leave you on the line to listen to it, because I know you're a big fan of Mika. So, um, we'll talk to you next week in any case. So, this is Andy Mack is laughing here, but Andy... <laughs> He who laughs first doesn't always come in next. Okay, Alex, we'll talk to you next week. Have a great one. And uh, yeah, thank you very, very much. All right, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So for Alex B, this is Mika and Grace Kelly. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I want to talk to you. The last time we talked, Mr. Smith, you reduced me to tears. I promise you it won't happen again. Do I attract you? Do I repulse you with my queasy smile? Am I too dirty? Am I too flirty? Do I like what you like? Yeah, I could be wholesome, I could be loathsome, guess I'm a little bit shy. Why don't you like me? Why don't you like me without making me try? I try to be like Chris Kelly. Little Freddy, mm, I've got an entity in
свой день с Capital FM и Тиной Майлд, где бы ты ни был. Даже в душе. Каждое утро на 105 и 3 FM. Снова 7 утра. With Alan Moore. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Andy, you, you, you had an idea there while, while we were there to Mika and Grace Kelly. By the way, Alexander Zotov has gone to the concert of Mika in Italy. Embarrassing. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Mika's great for the crack. Like, you know, Who was the lady he took? His wife. Okay. It's for her birthday. Is she still... Are they still together? Happily so. Okay. Yeah. No, she's not. They're, they're, I don't know if they're... She's fat. deaf. <laughs> listen, listen. There's nothing wrong with Mika. What did you say about Alex, Alex B? You, I said you, I was just picturing him dancing to that summer in Canada. Of course. Of course. I, Alex B has a great sense of rhythm. He's a great dancer. I've seen him dance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, quick score updates while we're waiting for Eselt, and we're going to throw on the line in a moment. Uh, yeah, um, it's the last minute in Celta Vigo, Sevilla. 2-1 Celta Vigo. They've turned it round yet. Just a few seconds left in stoppage time. Elsewhere, Lazio hang, um, um, finished 1-0 against Parma. That puts them into second ahead of the Inter and Milan derby game set to kick off in about 20 minutes' time. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Okay. Um, now, of course, folks, we know that this weekend it was the Six Nations. It also, of course, was uh, European rugby. So the, the level below the Six Nations. And unfortunately, yes, as you know, I was, I was in Belgium. Um, well, this weekend I was in Belgium. I came back this morning at half four. And I have a story about that now in a moment. Um, but um, Russia were playing in Belgium, the Russian national team. They were 12-10 up at halftime. We were in a meeting. So we're looking, oh, 12-10. And Ireland, of course, were leading against Wales 12-7. Thinking, oh, okay, Russian going to win this. What was the final score, Russia, Belgium? What do you reckon? Um, I Don't look it up, just have no, a guess. Who um, won? Who won? Leading 12-10 at halftime. Russia, who, of course, put in a decent shift in the World Cup. I mean, did well. A lot had blooded a couple of new players as well, but still okay. So they were leading 12-10. They were 12-10 ahead at halftime. Uh, I'm going to say 31-12. 3812. 3812. <laughs> it was wow. it was a rough one. We just couldn't believe the turnaround. We just like we were sitting there one of the lads, our, our treasurer from Getty Games Europe, and he's like going, Lost is like, yeah, I can't believe it. They just completely lost. Now of course we do know of course that the Six Nations um well it, it took place of course and um there were wins for both England in the most appalling conditions we mentioned at the moment and for Ireland in not such bad conditions but they did very very well against Wales and of course today Italy struggled a wee bit struggled a wee bit but couldn't get over the line against France so France of course beaten Italy but I mean um, did you see any of that game today? France I didn't game. see any of the game today no, it, was, it, it was a rough old game I mean I was watching bits of it but I don't know. I felt I felt bad for Italy in a way. Um, okay, we're going to go to our legal legal Eastel Cody right now because she was watching all these games and boxing as well. I'm going to ask her about John Jones' uh, fail and return to the ring and so on and so forth. Uh, USC, sorry, octagon, not the ring. Um, Eastel, how are you doing this fine Sunday evening of, of course, a general election count in Ireland? I think I would rather rewatch the uh, England. Scotland than the Irish election results <laughs> for the evening, but. I listen. I, I I'd rather watch the election yeah, results. It's if been a good sports weekend, though. It has. Listen, I was oh, even. No, it's not that bad. Ah, no. <laughs> the I, well, result was. Andy's a Celtic fan, so he's just like trying to count down the days until they get knocked out of the Champions League and the or it's knocked out of Europa Euro, League. Europa <laughs> League. Yeah. yeah, they won't even get the Champions. Well, well, this year they will. Hope brings eternal Andy. Um, so, uh, Isold, I mean, okay, weather played a huge role in the in the games. Um, 
Ireland did well enough and they got over the line against uh, Wales so they're, they're unbeaten now after, after two games they've got nine points well, but you're, you're not impressed with it mm-hmm. we still have the triple crown I wasn't impressed with it um, I was impressed with parts of our play I think we had some players that could give a lot more like guys like Ian Henderson who are consistently very good he had a weak game in my opinion even though all of the player ratings completely disagreed with me, so what would I know? Um, <laughs> I think we saw more of the kind of Johnny Sexton not addressing a referee correctly, but I think the refereeing performance was quite poor overall. Um, the Welsh had a lot of errors. They had some unfortunate mishaps, but I think our defence was immense, and I don't think I can criticise that. I think players like CJ Stander stood up, Peter O'Mahony was great to see and I think we saw though we tried to open up the play yesterday more and use the wings which was clearly yeah conditions and I think we saw players like Jacob Stockdale like they're trying to get on runs and that isn't going to work so maybe there's a lack of looking at the conditions and planning to what our forte on a given day would be but I think it was reactionary to last week's the analysis post last week's game where people were going, why aren't we playing that more expansive rugby? And then when we try it on the wrong day, it obviously doesn't look great. But it's a huge win against Wales. I've actually felt very bad for Wales because I think they have a huge amount of talent. We saw a lot of errors. Um, Tipperick and Falatau, I think, are immense. And I think Alan Wynne-Jones... I could watch him play rugby all day, every day. I think his contribution is immense to the Welsh setup. They had a very, we had a lucky escape, and they had a very unfortunate mishap in Josh Adams getting injured quite early in the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was watching. Obviously, we were at the, uh, we had the, the management and the, the county, the county uh, committee meeting there in Louvain in Belgium yesterday. We gave you in Europe, but. We were watching it. It was really funny because we were talking, of course, GAA. And sitting beside me was uh, one of my colleagues on the board. And uh, he's streaming the game. Uh, so we're, we're watching it <laughs> and thinking, Ireland could do this, do this. And the whole thing I noticed, not just on Twitter, like your Twitter, a lot of people, Johnny Sexton was acting like a complete another. Excuse me, I, I, I shouldn't, I, I know I don't want to say the word knob on air, but he was. He was an absolute clown. I mean, He will I'm, never learn. Yeah, and there's something about that you want to just give him a slap in the jaw and say, listen, I know you had lots of concussions, I know you probably brain damaged, but just grow up a bit. Like, because he, he, like, the, the slow, the hand clap after the VAR. So, of course, like, you was... Oh, that, that I, I, I couldn't now, understand I, I might have tweeted within two seconds about that, because that, to me, was the height of ignorance. Yeah. It is a decision that is out of your hands. It's... Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, we heard a lot of that yesterday. I just thought, this is a man, you, like, I, as I said last week, Stuart Hogg, I was so impressed with how he dealt with the referee last week and again yesterday. I just thought, this is a man who has gone, I'm now a captain, I need to behave like it. And I think, at one point, the, the Irish media were championing um, Johnny Sexton turned to Roman Poit at one point yesterday and he said, but after Roman had given his direction, he said, can I just ask a question? And it was the correct question to ask, yeah. but it was the way he said it. And I just went... I would turn around and slap him one if I was his mother, which is a weird but, moment but, to have. But this I'm is going, the weirdest thing. That's not how you speak to a person in authority. No, but Esau, this this is like uh, Sexton. I mean, uh, he behaves for me like a spoiled child. A spoiled, a spoiled child. The way he, he reacts to the referee, the way he sort of behaves, 
I, I and I looked at him. He went off the, the field um, with about oh, ten, twelve minutes ago or something with a big, big lump on his on his eye. He has mm. been targeted. He was targeted by the Welsh. They were, they were they were going after him. Most teams do because he is a very influential player with his boot and with his hands as well. And he's a brave player at the same time as well. I think there's something very, very deeply wrong with him. I think there's something wrong with the head. I, I know. Forgive me for saying that, but I, I think, think there's something wrong. I, one of the things, and I, I did it actually uh, this week as well. Last week, I said to you that I had watched his pre-game press conference and I was impressed yeah. with it. Yeah, you did, you did. Um, and I think it may be one of these, like, he goes on the field and a switch flips. And I don't know if he actually can appreciate how badly it comes across. Because I don't think, I, I think there has to be, uh, like... It doesn't make sense to me for someone to be capable of discussing how he's going to deal with a referee and speaking with that level of insight into his own performance and to then go on and... Yeah. Ireland needs to... Like, I saw at one point James Ryan actually, and I don't... The mic didn't fully catch it, but James Ryan basically told him to stop speaking to the ref. And I just went, this is the guy who we should have as captain. And that totally changed my opinion because I thought, oh, he's too young. But he knew that Johnny's approach was the wrong approach. And no, he's a young no, man. I, yeah, and I, I, I agree but completely. Yeah. I think the big test, I suppose, we'll see how we get on. Uh, we have a huge game against England. And I think England, after their performance against France, after a game which was yesterday was upsetting, I think, for everyone to watch. It was just riddled with errors. Um, and I think they're going to have a big point to prove the next day That's against what, Ireland. We've a week. We've a week off now. There's nothing exactly. happening next weekend. The players go back to their clubs and or their provinces, and they need to really come back firing on all cylinders. I think. Yeah, that 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 is very very true. To do to very. actually show their worth. I mean, cause, um, I also think yeah. we're going to see a very. I know. Saracens had another mishap this weekend. Yes, but I think the English players, the week off will be key to them to get out of that mindset of being attacked by the media. They're going to come out a very different side, I think. And I, I would actually hope, because I think it's it was difficult viewing yesterday. Like It was just an unpleasant game to watch. Yes, I, and I think the Ireland-England game, you want it to be a big game. Of course. I guess I want to bring Andy, Andy Mack in on that, of course, because he's kind of torn loyalty between England and Scotland. <laughs> yesterday, of course, England won 13-6 up in Murrayfield. <laughs> uh, terrible conditions. Uh, Owen Farrell missing from under the post with, with penalties. Um, so England won 13-6. And some... Yeah, go ahead. Some fantastic comments coming out today. I'd love to hear his opinion on them from Finn Russell. Go on, Andy. I haven't actually seen them today. Really? He's I haven't. come out and said that there's something deeply wrong. And he deeply wrong with the, the Scottish setup or with Gregor Townsend? things change in the back room. Well, I mean, he's uh, going to say that. It's a Scottish setup, but it's implied at Townsend. Like, and it's a very easy accusation to make, given what we've heard recently about the finances going, like the amount the CEO is paid. So now it's very easy for him to say, Oh, it's all very old boys club, and everyone will go. Oh, maybe he has a point. And, it, and it, that was in the Times today. I, I saw, I, I read part of the interview. Um, I mean, Andy, like, our Scot Scotland need to be fixed. Um, I, th I, I think you have to take what Finn Russell is saying at the moment with a very large pinch of salt. But yeah, I'm, I, I'd agree. I that, agree. That, that, yeah. There needs to be some changes made there because I think. Um, I don't know. He, the decision making at the moment is 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 off. Um, and Stuart Hogg was um, was a pivotal part of the play in the first half. I actually thought Scotland should have 
perhaps tried a little bit harder to get to get a try uh, in that first half because I thought the wind was going to be a disadvantage. But actually, when they switched like, ends, there were a few balls. When they switched ends, I thought actually Scotland dealt with that. Like, the wind going with them. Um, really well because England struggled with all of their kicks they were going out every time yeah. the play was coming yeah. back and I, then I thought actually Scotland might have a chance but the decision making um, the actual play um, not you know just coming off rucks and scrums and light it, it was it was a shambles it was embarrassing to watch because I, I found the same as well watch, like watching parts of the uh, France-Italy game today as well France scores one thirty-five twenty-two. now they're going for the grass France as well came they just stopped playing at one point yeah, it was literally work to rule, French style. Sorry, guys, we've done enough. We're yeah. not going to participate. They did the and same. Then it was individual players playing. They did but the same against Italy, uh, England as well. Exactly. And you look at the individual players who are shining, you're going, not only, we're even underestimating the brilliance of some of the French performances in the last two weeks. Yeah. I mean... For an entire team. There was 20 minutes in the second half that I just I was watching going, Italy could actually do this if they hadn't kicked at one stage rather than going for touch. And you're going, they could do this purely because of French just ambivalence to turning up. Well, that's lucky so that we, we know that's you know, the French could do that. And I said like I we did mention last week, which which French team turn up. Now the next round of matches, of course, they start off in the 22nd. Uh, you have Italy at home against Scotland. Uh, and the, Scotland have to win that. I mean, as good as Italy played in parts today, and even though they, they didn't bother going for a, a losing bonus point, Scotland have to win that. Um, you'd be very surprised if they didn't, but uh, Define have to win at this point. I mean, it's just so... I've, it was the manner of losing um, against England. It was expected, I think, um, because of what's been going on off the field. Um, and a few of the players have been exceptional, but there's been you know big holes uh, that need to be addressed quickly. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Italy actually gets something out of it. Okay, okay, that that that's, that is. Um, I couldn't agree more with the yeah. comments there on it's the manner of winning. That's it. Uh, look, that that that, that is the manner at, of winning uh, matters. Four past five. The next game, of course, is the one that Isol Wales at home against France. You you would look at Wales. I love that game. They they, they could actually because Wales and France always produce great games, always great games. They could they could they could just put pay to the French grandstand hopes, couldn't they? They really could, and I, I love that game. And I, the fact that it's in the Principality, I think, adds to it. I think that is one of... It's every year that's a game that you're never disappointed by. So I think France will turn up for the game, but I think we're going to see a Welsh team really out with their motivation isn't their overall performance for the Six Nations. Their motivation now is being the team that stop other people winning and this is Six Nations. That's it. That's exactly it. And it, like they still have a ch- like they're still good enough because the way this is going, they got a winning bonus point in the first game. They got a losing bonus point in the second game. So you know it, it, this this could be all in the mix. You know, and we do again. Okay, Ireland, uh, Ireland are away. Exactly. Yeah, Ireland away in Twickenham on the twenty third. Uh, that is a six o'clock kickoff time here in uh, Russia. Um, I, I don't know. Like, how confident, Daddy, would you be that England are going to get a get a win there? Um, I don't think going on, I mean, obviously the conditions were so bad at Murrayfield. It's difficult to really get any kind of judge on, on, on what was happening there. Um, France, as we were saying, I think it's going to be a massive first half for Wales because I think they're slightly fragile at the moment at the back. They're still working things out. And France, if they come out booming for the first half like they have, um, 
Wales could be a, a long way behind if they're not careful. France need, to, yeah, France need to get a good lead. And stay ahead. Yeah, and then, you 20 know. minutes, because yeah. after that we go into their, like, sleep mode. Exactly. Listen, um... We're going, to, we're going to have to go to, we're to the break right now, uh, Isol. So, listen, thank you so, so much. Um, uh, by the way, just one final question. Were you in, impressed by Kel Brook's win last night? Um, I'm going to say that I was impressed. That I, I was worried that this was going to be the banana skin he was going to come back. But he looked, he looked like Kel Brook that took on Sean Porter. And for me, that was a lovely thing to see. Um, I don't think we're going to be seeing... Big shakes out of Kel. I think this would be a brief return, maybe two more fights, and hopefully he'll get the wins he wants and maybe go out on the high that he couldn't after his loss to Errol Spence. Like at that point, he was out for so long. This needs to be the kind of the final hurrah, but done right, I think. Okay. Listen, Isol, thank you so much. Have a great Have week. Have a lovely evening. You too, and enjoy the uh, election results. I'll be watching when I get home. Okay, thank you, Isol. Okay, so we're going to scrape to the break right now. This is the Asteroids Galaxy Tour and Golden Age back with Andrew Flint and Capital Punishment. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
I hope you enjoyed that. Um, now, uh, just and I just want to ask you a question, Chris. So just, uh, just you know, just between two, just between two of us, like no one else listening. Right? So don't worry about it. <laughs> All if right, you can just switch off your radio just for a second, folks. Just close your ears for just one second, okay? This, this is awesome. Um, do you think that music makes sport? You thought it was going to be something really bad, but no. I, mean, I did. Think, I, you, like, I, I thought it was going to be something horrific, but <laughs> no, um, no more black holes. Um, <sighs> or sport makes music yeah kind of the other way around I think um, I think it depends on which sport you're referring to um, I don't know it's, it's I think there's something iconic about music and sport it's something that you always remember whether it be the, the, the match of the day theme tune uh, a FIFA game uh, Wimbledon um, um Grand grandstand Sunday or whatever Ski the skiing, Sunday. yeah, um, yeah. Um, it's 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 a it's a memory kind of triggering thing where uh, even uh, Transworld Sport on a Sunday morning, at oh yeah, five a.m. or whatever it was to watch Tra- the cheese you know who, rolling. Do you know who? Yeah, who, who Transworld Sport was made by? No, IMG. Not really. Yeah, yeah I'd use it as a platform to promote their people and different sports and to sell the rights, and and people bought it. And it was a really well yeah. packaged thing. It was. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed. It. Okay, so that, that's just so to know because it's so sport, like it, it can, can it go both ways. The music, I think so. Or, or? I think so. I, I think in terms of what you remember, um, obviously, sometimes I think it can be negative. So, for example, I might think about Shakira when it comes to a World Cup, uh, which I really oh, don't really? want to. No, I, I um, not Shakira, no, definitely not. Definitely not. All right. That's what uh, I'm saying. I think it, it goes both ways. <laughs> Her wacka wacka. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I, I remember that. I remember like a wacka wacka, you know. But um, okay. Uh, you get Andrew, a windmill theme tune. Oh, good. God. Oh, yeah. Windy Miller. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Listen, Andrew, uh, have you ever done a windmill? Andrew Flint, are you there? Andrew Flint. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Listen, uh, that's what Andy wants to know. Have you ever done a windmill? Oh, God. No? I'm sorry. I just I know what you're referring to, and I would rather not comment about windmills, given the <laughs> given the topic you opened the show with. <laughs> All right, listen, straight in, straight into action. I I want to know, um, uh, Andrew, your capital punishment. I actually I think you've got something spot on with this one. I have a capital punishment myself as well, one person. But um, go ahead, uh, Andrew Flint. The airwaves are all yours. Well, for me, it's an absolute stonewall capital punishment this week, and it's going to unite Liverpool fans as well. Um, the Sun newspaper. Um, this week, Manchester, well, in fact, a few days ago, Manchester United filed an official complaint against the Sun, um, and the Sun admitted they... Yeah. ...the attack um, of protest outside um, Chairman Edward Wood's house. And it all just sounded so suspicious. It was so staged. The photographs were so perfectly managed. And Edward wasn't at home at the time, nor were his family. And his new PR manager, of course, um, used to work for, guess which newspaper? The Sun. Um, So I think their complicity in in knowing about what was going to happen, whether it was staged or not, actually doesn't make much difference to me. The Sun themselves, they dealt with it just purely 
for their own purposes, and uh, for, for that reason alone, they are my capital punishment of the week. <clears throat> okay, now let's 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 go back onto that. This is a, 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 a group of. Uh, let's just or I, I, I want to say arseholes on there but I can't really say that but I guess it's sort of, you know, these super massive black holes they basically they basically went to the uh, Ed Woodward's house not the equaliser but the uh, the guy who works at Man United um, and they basically they stood aside their chant and abused him and then they threw a flare across into, into into the front of the house now that's scumbaggery of the highest order like no one deserves that I'm sorry this, like like I, I, I would be quite okay if the you know the, the, the police were using live ammunition on these guys. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating, of course. But, like, you know, bat and charge for sure. But the Sun were involved in this. But, uh, Andrew, explain how they were involved in it. Because, like, it, it still is open to question. Well, basically, the, the timeline of events is what makes me particularly suspicious about it. The After Manchester United filed this official complaint... Um, the son did admit that they received a tip-off that there was going to be a protest outside his house. However, the son did say their, their reporter didn't know the nature of the protest, what exactly was going to happen, but they had a reporter there, they had a professional photographer there. So, in other words, they knew what that there was going to be a protest. Uh, Manchester United's bone of contention, yeah. Who have adhered to the um, the code of conduct, the IPSO code of conduct? That you know, as a journalist, you have a responsibility, a social responsibility, and they and they didn't um, notify any of these security authorities. Whether they should have known how far it was going to go um, is one thing, but I just think I think that the fact they knew all about it, they thought, well, we, we'll keep it to ourselves. We'll be the ones to break it. And the timing as well is key because it was just before the last editions for next day newspapers were going to print. So oh. they had it just in time. Well, but this is the Sun newspaper who have, amongst other things, they've stolen stories, including for myself, and claimed them as their own. I mean, they, they, they just, they know no bounds in their, like, crapulence. Um, and, of course, what they did over Hillsborough was just, I don't know, it's beyond human. Okay, that's that's point taken on that. Um, I'm 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 kind of like edging towards you right now, Andrew. Um, Andy Mack, you have a couple of punishment of your own as well. Well, I think we're we're attacking media outlets this this week. Um, <laughs> for those of you that aren't interested in Scottish football, and I don't blame you, um, Sky Sports ran an interview with uh, Rangers striker Alfredo Morelos, um, where it's caused a bit of a storm on uh, both sides of Glasgow and. Um, with quite a few, um, well, there's been a few incidents running up to this as well. Um, so effectively, he was giving an interview talking about the last Old Firm game uh, just before the new year, in which he made a sign towards the fans that he was doing a, like a, a slit throat across it. Running his thumb across his throat. Yes, um, which he claimed was um, mistranslated as being something in South America that would mean game over, uh, as opposed to something kind of aggressive. Um, but the, the the interview that Sky Could Sports worked, though, in fairness, yes, yes. But you know, perhaps you would maybe think about just not doing that and walk off the pitch after you've it's been sent like, off. It's kind of like Luis Suarez calling a yes. black player. Oh, yes. like like yes. they call him Negrito, which means he's oh, it's a term of endearment for like a small black person in in in, in Uruguay. Uh, Uruguay. I'm thinking, no, you're being a racist. Yes, pig. you need to think about where you are. Yeah, you're before a pig. You, yeah, you're civil. Okay. Um, so he was doing an interview whereby. Um, Scottish people obviously know the, the importance of a translator very well, uh, and they translated it totally wrong. Um, and now there's been a fallout where both clubs are um, uh, um, 
Celtic and Rangers have, have, have pushed for punishment to Sky Sports because it's turned into an absolute feud. It's come days after Alfredo Morella supposedly came out from a, um, a, a game. He went to a secured car park and apparently found somebody underneath his car who was allegedly tampering with his brakes. That went to the police. And then oh. there's been this fallout with the interview that apparently has been totally mistranslated. And yeah, it's it's caused a real a real storm around things um, this week in Scotland and so who, Sky Sports. You, you're you're punching Sky Sports. Sky Sports for um, a, a translation that's gone horribly wrong and put an awful lot of spotlight on on two clubs and an issue that was already. You know, it's it, it's exacerbated issues that were kind of forgotten about already. Okay, and do you think that it's it's kind of like um, I don't know? Will, will, will there be greater consequences of this, Andy? Well, I hope so, because I think... I mean, with the uh, offset, the, the uh, English... Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, Sky Sports have kind of been um, accused of using him in a pawn to create, like, a, a, a soap opera coming up to, uh, like, a big a big bout of fixtures now that are coming around. Um, and obviously, the, the title race, uh, if Rangers win the game in hand, there's a four-point difference. So they're looking to keep as much interest at the moment in the Scottish game as possible. Um I think Sky Sports, uh, Ofcom have said they're going to investigate after a number of formal complaints. Um, well, I, I said off, Offset, that's the school. Off, that's offset's yeah. the educational <laughs> yeah, the one, education. yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. I take that on board, okay? And it, that, like, I, I'm, I'm still leaning towards Andrew Flint at the moment, okay? Yeah. Now, I won, I think, my top them all, okay? Um, Andrew Flint, you can just listen to this and enjoy it. Andy Mack, I'm going to need your uh, bleeping, okay? Okay. So I'm going to need your bleeping. Now, I, I'll just say, this is, this is like, uh, I think he's Sir... He's a sir, he's a British lord or whatever, like knighted. Um, former Tour de France win- winner. Uh, he also finished second at the Vuelta de España. He's a cyclist, of course. Won the Paris-Nice. He won the Tour de Romandy. Twice he won the Criterium de Dauphin. Um, he uh, also won an Olympic gold medal in 2012, of course, the time trial, because, of course, it's, it was back where there was no doping. The cleanest games ever, of course, were all fading um, <laughs> left, right and centre. 2014, he's a world champion. And he won the British national title in time trial um, as well in uh, 2014, when he ended his career. Now, he has some issues because you remember that he said he would never take a needle. He never used a needle, and then it was found that he was taking a needle. But he had a, a, a TUE, a therapeutic use exemption. Now, this is an, a, a married man with kids. You know, he's 39 years of age. He went, took them over uh, to visit, I don't know, like, yeah, well, not, I don't know I, know, I know where it was. Euro Disney in Paris, okay? You're a Disney person. Now, he has an issue in terms of with, um, let's just say, some powder. You know, powdered products. Sorry, ha- should, should I beat that? No, that's okay. It is oh, okay. Um, and he has, like, lots of, like, powder and so on and so forth. But, like, I mean, he gets away with it because he is who he is. Okay? So, um... Beep. <laughs> no, I... I, I so, <laughs> this video sent us, it was put up and then taken down very, very quickly by his people because this is him in your Disney empire. So, um, Andy Mack, be ready for bleeping. I'll get it very wrong. Beep. Fuck off, Disney beep, 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 beep. Mickey Mouse is a cunt. Beep. Jesus. He can fuck beep. off. Beep. 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 Okay. That uh, did, was... you, did you just want me to beep the whole thing there? Why did you <laughs> play was. that? Why did you play that? This is him. <laughs> this is this goon, this absolute gowl, this fool, walking along, videoing himself in Disneyland, your Disney in Paris, um, mouthing and shouting, calling all these names that... Mickey Mouse and so on and so forth. This is Sir Bradley Wiggins, right? Bradley Wiggins. I mean, they, 
I, I listened to uh, Desert Island Disc, the BBC Radio 4 show with him, um, when he described but how his dad had been, it was Australian, um, Wiggins was born, and a prof- professional cyclist, but he'd been doing all sorts of drugs, was kind of a party heart, like animal, and like left the family when Wiggins was two years old. And he, he said, he said on Desert Island Disc, and I goddamn believe him, I would never do the same as my dad. I would never want to do that. I would never want to, 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 to dope or do drugs and end up like my father. That's what I do not want to do. And now he's there, um, you know, uh, with uh, like this great man and everyone loving him and being covered up left, right and centre. But, you know, he's, he, he's, you know, out of his head and walking around using this language in front of kids, his own kids as well. That, for me, deserves capital punishment. Well, to be honest, I feel he's paying about Disneyland. But you're right, he shouldn't be doing that. No, I mean... Let, I mean, in front of children or filming it. Yeah. Have you, have you been to Disneyland? Unfortunately, yes. In, in Paris? Yes. Andrew? Uh, fortunately, I haven't. Um, <laughs> I, I share Andy Mack's um, passion for, for Disneyland, shall we say. They are taking the... Yeah. Um. Now, uh, he always, he always like... Um, like he, 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 he's an Arsenal fan as well. As well. So double N isn't here, so we can like rag on them a little bit. Anyway, his, the, the whole thing for me, no matter who you are, you behave like that in public. I don't care if you have an addiction to putting stuff up your nose or whatever it is, or an alcohol problem. You don't do that. You know, and you don't film yourself going around and, and doing it. You know, I'm sorry. And, and nothing will ever happen to him. And this is a guy who's, there is so much going around. They're saying like he's been using banned substances and so on, like with your cycling career. Undoubtedly a good cyclist. There's no two ways about it. I mean, he's actually published that himself online. Yes. Yeah, that deserves capital punishment. <laughs> I mean, just for just pure stupidity. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I mean, if that had I'm been leaked, or, if that had been leaked or something, then fair enough. But no, if he's actually sent, published it himself. This was then, sent, yeah. but like this was sent. I'm very, very grateful for this, and people should understand this. That this is a guy who, you know, was one of the great heroes of 2012, the Olympics. But so many of them now were looking at them. And, of course, two more people were done this week. An Albanian sprinter who didn't even take part, or didn't finish out the heats. Another sprinter or uh, athlete who didn't even take part. But they were both found. Uh, just well, he should me. be punished for being that bad at cheating. Exactly. I'm, oh, my goodness. Okay. Right. So, um, Andy, who are you giving it to? Uh, Bradley. Bradley. Okay. Andrew? Yeah, I think you swayed me on that one. That sense of entitlement and those dreadful... (laughs) (laughs) The sideburns, I know. All right, listen. um, Wiggins. Yeah, listen, okay, Wiggins. I'm going to vote for for this one because I usually don't, but I'm going to give Wiggins Wiggins a kick. And right, listen, Andrew, thank you very, very much. We'll be back on with you next week. Um, Of course, a big game next uh, Monday week, but we'll talk about that next Sunday. So have a great week and we'll talk to you very, very soon and uh, keep doing the great work on the heart football. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much. Looking forward to next week. Okay, of course, that was Andrew Flint, the editor in chief of Heart of Football. Andy, thank you very much for your magic digits. You uh, you digitally maneuvered everything into place and uh, brought us a lot of joy, me especially. So thank you very much. Thank you, you. Very handy, Andy. That's a new nickname <laughs> for you, not Andy Mac. Handy, Andy. There we go. Double N, you get well back here because Andy's um, like Andy's my, a man my of digits. Can only take so much of this. That's true because you are you are a man of many parts. You heard it? No? <laughs> Don't, <laughs> Don't start. No. Don't start. Jared? Russian uh, roaming hands and Russian fingers. No. Oh God! I, I, all right. Okay. This is as bad as like I bought trousers in France, but I didn't like them because they were too loose and too long. Okay, right, okay. Right, Andy, thank you very much for your help today. I'm, I'm not going to, I can't say anything after that. That's <laughs> no, awful. okay. Listen, have a good night. Okay, folks, we're going to go out right away. So remember, Monday 
It's a great day. It's going to be a great difference. It's going to be a great week for us all. This is the script and break even. So back same time, same place next Sunday night. Talk to you soon. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. 